So for the last few weeks, we have been living in the last part of John, focusing in uh, right after Jesus is risen, how Jesus appears to his disciples and then sends them out. It seems like they get about two minutes to take in who Jesus is before he sends them out and says, go and tell others about what you've seen. Well, this whole time, as we were working through that series about being saved and sent, this has been in the back of my mind, too, that, that going begins with following. Before we go somewhere, it begins by following Jesus. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking and focusing in on discipleship, on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So I've been reading this last part of John, the last chapter, John 21, and listening and watching as Jesus spends time with his disciples, restoring Peter, feeding them, having them catch fish, showing us what it means or what it looks like as we look closely what it means to follow Jesus. I'm interested too in this story as I've been thinking about of, of disciples, but not just that you would become or that we would become disciples, but that we would become disciples who make disciples. That we would become disciples, not only in the way that we follow Jesus, but part of our identity as followers of Jesus, but that we would also be purposeful, intentional about discipling others, discipling one another. That we would be disciples who make disciples. See, discipleship is, following Jesus is a way of life. But it begins with our relationship with him. Our connection with him. Not only the way that we live, that the way our life flows, the things we do, the choices we make, are the way that Jesus would have us do it. But also the places we go, the direction we go, is the direction that Jesus would have us go. See, often I think that people are afraid of the word discipleship or being a disciple of Jesus. They're afraid of that because they think it's too much work, too hard, or it takes too much time. Now, it's true, it does take devotion. And there are times when we set aside to follow our Lord, to spend time reading scripture or prayer or serving others. There is sacrifice for sure. But I also want to recapture the sense that being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple, is not so much something that extra that we add on top of life, but something that happens in the midst of life. That we are disciples of Jesus, that we are following Jesus throughout each day whether we're at work in the hospital or if we're in the park or if we're golfing or when we're working. But these are just as important as places to be following Jesus. It's not something that we need to add on in the evening at a special class or an event, but that we are disciples each day throughout the day. And also, too, I want us to think about being a disciple. Jesus desired desired that every person who followed him would be a disciple. He didn't make a distinction between disciples and everybody else. He just said that we would all be disciples. Somewhere in our Christian history, we've been taught the idea that disciples are the really faithful people. The really faithful people who have a lot of extra time or who want to give up lots of time. That's not what a disciple is. Disciples, everyone who follows Jesus. We are all meant to be disciples. We are all meant to be followers. Even if we've messed up. 
I think about some of the things that I've messed up in my life and how God has restored me. And sometimes I think people get the idea that, oh, I've made too many mistakes, so I can't do that. And I start thinking about Peter and the mistakes that he made. Denying Jesus. And the way Jesus restores him and makes him not only a disciple, but a disciple who makes disciples. So if you will, look, at, look with me at this text, this passage from, from John. It's uh, John 21, verses 15 to 19 in your Bibles. It's also this white sheet in your bulletins if you want to, or if you want to look there. So let me just give you a little bit of background. So Jesus has, he has risen from the dead, risen from the grave. Though he was crucified and everything that that means for us, he rose again. And he appeared to his disciples. And this is one of the times when he appeared to them at the Sea of Galilee. The guys had gone out fishing. And sort of like my fishing, it wasn't so great. <laughs> They'd been fishing all night and they hadn't caught anything. And so Jesus is there on the shore. And he says, put over the other side of the boat. Can you imagine these pro fishermen saying, who is this guy? We don't even... And he's telling us how to fish. We haven't caught anything all night. And yet Jesus tells them. And they catch this huge catch of fish. And that's when the disciple, whom Jesus loved, leans over to Peter and he says, that's the Lord. And he puts his clothes around him and he jumps in and he starts swimming. And the disciples, they come after him and they bring the fish. I love how playful Jesus is. He says, have you guys caught any fish? How's it going out there? So they come in and Jesus makes them a breakfast of bread and fish. Reminds me of the meal that he made for 5,000 people. And he starts talking to Peter. And that's where we read. So when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. As I'm reading this passage... I'm focusing in on this idea that going begins with following. This mission that God has for us, this purpose that God has for his people, begins with following Jesus. Begins with our relationship with him. More than having right theology or doing a bunch of stuff, it, it revolves around our right relationship with him. That Jesus is central to our lives. Not something that we add on the side or Sunday morning, but central to each day. Let me give you a little background of this story. Many of you know what Peter had done, kind of his track record. Peter was brash. He had a big mouth. 
said a few things throughout. If you read the gospel, said some things that they got him into some trouble. To use that phrase, Peter had a mouth that would write checks that his body couldn't cash. And it was on the night of Jesus' betrayal when they're having the Lord's Supper. And Peter, Jesus is talking about the suffering that he must do. He knows where he's going. And Peter says, Lord, I will always follow you. Even if everybody else abandons you, I will stay with you. Even if all fall away, I will not. In fact, I will lay down my life for you. Peter didn't make it 24 hours. Didn't even make it till the next morning before he broke those promises. He bailed. He abandoned Jesus at the trial. Three times he denied Jesus. He failed. He went down in flames. And he went out crying, weeping bitterly. Because he had abandoned his Lord, his Savior. So this is sort of the background of this story before he comes and he says, Peter, do you love me? It's kind of help us to see the gravity of what Jesus is doing here, how big a deal this is. This isn't just another great teaching by Jesus. This is Jesus restoring Peter. Because think how Jesus could have come. Think of the things he could have said. Peter, what are you doing here? I thought you quit. I thought you gave up on me. What if Jesus were still angry that Peter had abandoned him? And what if he came, first he said, Peter, before we say anything else, are you sorry for what you did? What if Jesus had started there? It's amazing to think how Jesus approaches him. He begins with, Peter, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And actually, Jesus asked him three times. For each time that Peter denied him, the Lord asked him, do you love me? This great reversal. Jesus taking and undoing what Peter had done. Each time he said, no, I do not know the man, Peter said, do you love me? And it's on the third time, the third time Jesus asked him, the third time Jesus asked him that Peter is hurt. This feeling, the pit of his stomach. I think it's because he realized what Jesus was doing. It's at that point that he realized that I had denied him three times and here Jesus is restoring me three times. Despite everything that Peter had done, despite the failures and how badly he had messed up, Jesus still restores him. Restores him to a a right relationship brings him back in, reconciles him, stands back at the center of Peter's life. And I started, I was thinking about us this morning. How many of us are here who have things that we've messed up in our lives? How many of us have things even this last week where we've really messed up? (laughs) 
Right now it is, yes. <laughs> Times when we think, Lord, please restore me. Actually, this is another question. This is one that hits further or closer home to me. How, how many of us need to be restored because we've gotten so busy, so wrapped up in all the stuff that we're working on that God is somewhere 20th on the list of things to do? We've gotten so busy with our lives, with our kids or with our grandkids or with work or stuff around the house that we haven't been spending time with our Lord. This relationship that we're supposed to have, we haven't been in it. We've been absent. I have good news. Jesus desires a relationship with each of us. And he desires to restore us whether we've really messed up or if we've just ignored him. Jesus desires to restore us into this relationship. That's part of following Jesus. That's, that's essentially what it means about being a follower, being a disciple, is that Jesus is a center part of our lives. Not something that we try to squeeze in when we've got a f- spare minute but central to our lives. And I think about what Jesus did with Peter after he restored him. I mean, God used Peter in powerful ways. Peter, this disciple who had given up, who had failed, who had abandoned his Lord, Jesus restores him and Peter goes on to preach the sermon at Pentecost to preach and to proclaim this amazing gospel and 3,000 people begin following Jesus that day. God also uses Peter. He's the one who goes to Cornelius, the Roman, the Gentile, and opens the people of God, opens their eyes to see what God is doing in all nations. That the gospel is bigger than the people of Israel, that it's going out to the entire world. And he does this through Peter. Being restored is good. Being in a right relationship, in a good relationship with Jesus is essential to who we are. But there's one thing that I wanted to focus in on today. All this is leading to it, these last words that Jesus says to Peter. After he's talked about how Peter will die and the way it will glorify God. After he said, feed my sheep, be a disciple who makes disciples. After all that, Jesus says, follow me. Going begins with following. The places that Jesus is sending us, whether it's to Africa or to our job or to our neighbor across the street, the place that Jesus is sending us, it always begins. The going always begins with following. Our relationship with the Lord. Our time spent with Him. You notice Jesus doesn't say to Peter, doesn't say, Peter, make sure you know all the theology. He doesn't say to Peter, make sure that you do the best you can to keep your nose clean. Focus on what you know and what you don't do. He doesn't say that to him. He says, follow me. He doesn't say get extremely busy trying to do all this stuff. He says, just follow me. Just take the next step. Just walk in my footprints. 
Follow me. Going begins with following. And discipleship is always about putting Jesus at the center of our lives and the relationship that revolves around it. But the thing is, how do we have this relationship? Right? I mean, we've talked some, I mean, most of, many of us have been taught that, that following Jesus... Sorry, I'm losing this today. Following Jesus is about making sure we believe the right things. Making sure we believe the right things and keep our nose clean, right? Jesus meant so much more than that when he said, follow me. He said, be in a relationship with me. But how do we get there, right? First answer is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please lead me into a relationship with, with Jesus. Just praying that simple prayer does amazing things. Lord, draw me deeper into a relationship with you. I, I, I want to know you more. I see people who talk about this and I want what they have. Lord, bring me into a relationship with you. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is, rather than focusing on what we're supposed to know and what we're not supposed to do, is focusing on what we should do, on practices. Practices that lead us closer to Jesus. I was thinking of just some of the practices that have been so helpful for me, just to, to suggest them. The first is reading the Word of God. Reading Scripture. Whether it's a small devotion or reading whole, whole books at a time. Reading the Word of God. Because the Word of God teaches us. teaches us how to live. But also it confronts all the ways that we're taught to live by the world around us. You know, our world talks all about, you know, look out for number one, be selfish, treat everything like you're a consumer and it's a good to be bought or sold. Scripture confronts that, challenges us and, and helps us see it so that we can live differently, that we can live the sort of lives that proclaim the gospel that looks different to our friends and neighbors and they say there's something about you that's different and I want to know what it is. We get that through reading the Word of God. Not just reading it to study, to know stuff, but also reading it to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through a particular passage that we're reading or over the week of studying the same passage, listening as we read. The other practice, so the first practice is reading the Word of God. The other practice is prayer. Praying, asking God for, to intervene in people's lives. For people who need Him, our friends, people who are struggling, who are hurting. To praise God for blessings for people whose lives are going great, and to praise God for that. To ask God to intervene in situations in our community or our lives. But also, when we pray, to listen. This is one that I struggle with, honestly, but come with God with this long list of things that I'd like his help with. I'd like him to, to, to intervene, to, to do something amazing in. But coming and praying and just listening. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And listening. These are just two things that have, that have helped me, two practices that help me follow Jesus. Reading the word and praying. 
But I'm interested to hear you, to hear from you. What practices help you? What practices help you not just know stuff about Jesus, but follow him? The last few weeks we've been talking about how Jesus saved us and then sent us. Well, for the next few weeks, I want us to focus in on discipleship, that going always begins with following. We begin by following Jesus in our relationship with him. And so for this week, I had asked you to do uh, one thing. Find out or, or think about which practice is most meaningful to you and commit to doing it this week, whether it's daily or how often. I mean, fasting, for example, is maybe one you wouldn't do every day. But, um, but commit to that one practice this week, whether it's prayer or times of solitude or times of service. Commit to that one thing. And see what God does in that. See at the end of the week how your relationship is growing with Jesus. That God meant more for us uh, than just to know facts about him and try and do our job or do our best to be a good citizen. But that we keep growing in our relationship with him. That we draw closer and closer. And then out of that, not only does he change us, but he uses us to disciple others.